All right. Good morning. I'm Brian Nita. I'm joined by my wife, Rosalind. Hi. It's good to see you all today. Yeah, it's great to be together. Um, man, it's been a little bit of time since we got together for our last podcast. A lot has happened. We've had Halloween. Uh, we've had the election. Um, I don't know about you, but um, Halloween was great. Um, I want to give a shout out to Jim and Fong Sharp. Uh, man, they gave us something better than any sweets you could. Jim Sharp's homemade Kahlua pork was incredible and amazing. And that didn't help out because with this election, Rosalind, um, and I, it's been stressful. I've been stressed eating. And I think I might reach 270 before either Trump or Biden do, honestly. <laughs> uh, but anyways. Uh, I, have to, I have to say, I have to confess, I did eat some of the girls' Halloween candy. I did eat a pack of Skittles as I was watching the election over there. Nice. So today we want to get into it. What we want to talk about today is the God perspective. Finding faith through emotional discovery. This past Sunday, we had an incredible live stream. What's called Behind the Mask. What's Behind the Mask. And we learned that in order to do well spiritually, you have to enjoy the process of discovery. And that first one is emotional discovery, then spiritual discovery, intellectual and leading to physical discovery. But you and I talked, Rose, and we realized, hey, the first place that we need to start, the area that the greatest need for ourselves is emotional discovery. And so that's what we want to focus on today is finding faith through emotional discovery. And when we do that, we're going to learn that emotional honesty leads to clarity. Emotional honesty leads to humility and internal strength. And then emotional honesty leads to purpose. So let's dive on, dive in. And with our first question, what does emotional honesty even look like? Well, the beautiful thing is we have the Bible to be able to help us understand exactly what we're looking for and what we're aiming for. In Hebrews 5 and verse 7, this is during the days of Jesus' life on earth. He offered up prayers and petitions with fervent cries and tears to the one who could save him from death. And he was heard because of his reverent submission. Son, though he was, he learned obedience from what he suffered. And once made perfect, he became the source of eternal salvation for all who obey him. What a great scripture that helps us to understand what emotional honesty looks like. Jesus was an incredibly emotionally honest person and it started in his prayer life and his relationship with God. Well, I like the point where he says he offered up prayers and petitions with fervent cries and tears. Um, I know I'm not someone, I don't like to cry or have tears. Um, I don't like to get emotional, even though on the inside, I'm a very emotional person. Um, I'm afraid of that vulnerability. And um, even though I can feel a lot, um, I don't always take everything I'm feeling to God and pour out my heart to God. And I I think with everything that's going on, we can all feel a lot. I mean, we have the Mm -hmm. pandemic, we have politics, and we have our personal lives. And um, I think um, we don't always end up pouring out our hearts to God. And the other day, I just spent an hour pouring out my heart to God, didn't hold back, left nothing uh, unsaid. Um, took all my fears, my doubts, my disappointments, the anger, the anxiety to God, you know, just everything about life, relationships um, going on in the world around us. And nothing in my circumstances changed immediately, but I definitely felt more joy. I definitely felt more relieved, um, more resolved and more faithful and had more of a God perspective. And um, it made me think like, man, I don't pour out my heart to God enough. 
And I think that different things can happen to us when we don't pour out our hearts to God. And I've seen all these examples in my life mm-hmm. at different times. You know, for example, um, I can get angry. We can get angry or resentful or blame others, right? That's even Job 36, the godless and heart harbor resentment. Mm-hmm. Or, mm-hmm. you know, it's easy to no, blame no. our for wives, easy to blame our husbands, or we want to blame others or blame circumstances. Um, I also think it's easy for us as women to be run by our emotions um, and allow our emotions of fear or anxiety or or anger or insecurities to kind of rule us and then emotions end up replacing faith. Uh, There's a great article about that on deep spirituality or, you know, sometimes we can just go, I don't feel anything and we get hardened and we become religious and rote and disconnected. And I find when I do that, I end up becoming more focused on my list of to-dos and Christianity becomes a grind rather than being about love and relationships. And I get a lot more people focused rather than God focused during those times. Yeah. You know, so as we look at the scripture, I think the scripture is a blueprint that Jesus lays out for us in terms of how to be emotionally honest, how to discover um, what we really feel and think and how to communicate that to God and to people and he highlights three things in the scripture. It says he had fervent cries and tears. Then that led him to having reverent submission. And then eventually he became the source of eternal salvation. So let's take that first one. You, you've done a great job diving into that already, Rose. But the fervent cries and tears. You know, that means that you're going to pour your heart out to God. That means that you you don't hold anything back. You're completely vulnerable with God. Hebrews 7 and verse 25, there's a great scripture that speaks to that. It says, therefore, he is able to save completely those who come to God through him, because he always lives to intercede for them. Such a high priest truly meets our needs, one who is holy, blameless, pure, set apart from sinners, exalted above the heavens. So what this scripture teaches us is that God can save us from anything, from any emotion, from any situation, no matter how overwhelmed we may feel, no matter how difficult we may feel the situation is, but it starts with our willingness to be vulnerable. And what the scripture has taught me is that vulnerability is going to lead to clarity. Vulnerability about what? Vulnerability about how insecure, how weak, how ashamed, how um, fearful I really am. Vulnerability about my sins. And I know for me, when I see my sins, I'm trying to change God. In fact, let me rephrase that. God is helping me to change how I see sins. That sins in my life aren't just a scoreboard in terms of how I'm blowing it, but sin is really a pathway to seeing my need for God. And the more I see sins, the more I'm going to see my needs because wherever there's sin, there's an unmet need that we're supposed to be going to God to get. And oftentimes I don't want to see my sins and therefore I don't see my needs for God and I don't have that emotional honesty with him, but I miss out on the whole clarity part, right? So for example, you'll understand this, Rose, it was just this past weekend when we're having a conversation and you're helping to bring up certain things and and, and certain sins and making sure that I I take those seriously and whatnot. And um, I just responded real proud, defensive right um would you agree sure okay yes and it's one of those moments i don't know if you guys have ever been there in the audience but you're sitting there and you're going man why am i reacting this way i don't want to react this way but i can't help to react this way and i didn't even know i knew i shouldn't be reacting defensive 
I knew I shouldn't be proud, but I just couldn't help myself. And that just, I was just in that space. And so what I had to do the next day is I had to pray. And I was searching my heart. I'm going, hey, God, why, why did I get defensive? Why did I get proud with Rosalind on this situation? And I feel like God's been trying to expose different things to me to help me to see how much I need him. And in the midst of it, um, I've been uh, feeling a bit more insecure than I typically do. And I think what I realized and I felt was like, oh, no, have I sinned too much? Is Rose getting tired of me? Is she getting frustrated? And is she not going to be there for me? And I started to go to a spot where I feel like, oh, no, you know, um, I really need Rosalind. I can't have her quit on me yet. And rather than being emotionally honest and aware of those things, I have been praying about that. I responded defensively. But what I learned about that, and then I was honest with you and I apologized to you and we had a great conversation and you assured me, you're like, hey, I'm not going anywhere and I needed that. And um, and it would turn out great. But what I learned is that when I'm vulnerable with God, when I go to God and go, hey, what are my sins and why am I turning to those sins? Then like the scripture says, then it helps me understand what my needs are. And I love verse 26 because it says, such a high priest truly meets our need. And so seeing our sin as an avenue to seeing our deeper need to what's driving our behavior. So sometimes we're getting mad. Sometimes we're getting upset. Sometimes we can't even hear things and we're running and we're escaping. And if you ever get to aspire, you go, why am I behaving that way? Well, if you are emotionally honest and you're vulnerable with God, you're going to realize that there's a need that's driving it. And once you have clarity, you're going to have calm and peace. Well, that's a that's a really good point. I think the clarity point sticks out to me in terms of we could do things, but not always understand the why behind it. I think as women, we can have a lot of emotions, but not always understand what the real need is. Um, like, for example, many of us, I include myself in that, we can be afraid. Um, we have a need for faith or we're in pain and we have a need for hope. Um, some of us are discouraged and we really have a need for encouragement. Um, some of us can feel discouraged for our kids We could get discouraged about being single parents. Um, We can get discouraged about our finances or careers or health. And um, we really need that encouragement. But a a lot of times what we don't realize is that God is the one that can meet those needs for us. And until we really pour out our hearts to God, we can end up focusing on the wrong things. We can focus on other people um, and what they could have done differently or on our circumstances. And a lot of times what we need, I I see this in my own life, is a need for comfort. Mm. Uh, Not from chocolate, necessarily. (laughs) Uh, Or a need for love and trust. And not by watching, you know, Netflix holiday movies. but um, And really trusting while God's got our back, that he loves us, that he loves our children. Um, I love how it says he's able to save completely. That he can rescue us. He can rescue our families. He can rescue our children. Um, that he intercedes for us, that he cares about the details of our life, that we can relax and not try to feel like we have to control everything because God is powerful and that he's going to work everything out for us. Yeah, great. And so that second part in Hebrews 5, what we learned is that it led to reverent submission. And there's a great scripture about Jesus' example in life in Matthew 26, in verse 37. This is in the TPT translation. It says, he took Peter... Jacob and John with him. However, an intense feeling of great sorrow plunged his soul into deep sorrow and agony. And he said to them, My heart is overwhelmed and crushed with grief. It feels as though I'm dying. 
stay here and keep watch with me. Then he walked a short distance away and overcome with grief. He threw himself face down on the ground and prayed, My father, if there's any way you can deliver me from this suffering, please take it from me. Yet what I want is not important, for I only desire to fulfill your plan for me. Then an angel from heaven appeared to strengthen him. What a great scripture about emotional honesty, that when we're emotionally honest with God, that we're actually able to understand what God's will is, and then we'll get strengthened. What I love about this scripture is that Jesus was real. He was authentic. He was like, look, God, I don't really want to go to the cross. I'm overwhelmed about the idea of having to die on the cross. And I'm asking you that I don't have to do it. And I think it's easy to become religious to pray about the, the right things, but not necessarily be honest. And what I learned from this scripture, Rose, is that we're emotionally honest about what we really think and feel. We can eventually get ourselves to a spot where we're humble with God and recognize what he wants and not just recognize it, but then choose what he wants over what we want. No, I think that's a really, really good point in terms of just how the emotion and honesty can lead to the humility with God. I think even here in the scripture, like it helped Jesus to see God's will and to believe his will and to really trust God's will. And I think a lot of times I can be emotionally honest. I think we can be emotionally honest, but not get to the point of humility mm-hmm. where we really see um, a need for a change in perspective like allowing God to really change our mind, allowing God to change our faith or perspective. It could be our perspective about our marriage, you know, our perspective right. about um, parenting, our perspective about what spiritual relationships look like in honesty. And it's that wrestling with God. And, and I've had to do that many times and continue to have to do that, to wrestle with God, to get to the point where I have that humility and surrender for where um, I only desire to fulfill God's plan. Right. And I, I think what you're bringing up is important because when we don't have that spot where we're emotionally honest and then that shift happens where we're humble with God and choose what, what God wants is that sin ends up running rampant in our lives, right? And I think sins like um, impurity and unfaithfulness, right? That can run rampant in our lives when we see God as someone that we just emotionally indulge with but that we don't actually end up submitting our emotions to God and having the humility to want what God wants for our lives. Again, sin is just something that helps us to see a need that goes unmet. And so we can't be afraid of seeing sins. And so if you're seeing a lot of impurity in your life, if there's a lot of challenges in that area, unfaithful, unfaithful thoughts, and yes, even thoughts are part of impurity too, or bitterness, which we've been talking about in past podcasts, selfish ambition and greed. These are all things that help us to understand there's a need we're not getting met from God. And not only are we emotionally honest with God, but are we fighting to be able to hear God's voice? Are we getting to a spot where we're humble with God and see what he wants and choose what God wants over what we want? Because when we do that, that scripture ends and it says that the angels from heaven appear to strengthen him, that we actually get emotionally strong from not just emotional honesty, but then choosing to be humble and wanting and trusting God's plan. So I think that emotional honesty is supposed to help us to see God's will, then believe God's will, and trust in his will for where he's taking us. I also really like just the point about how Jesus, he shared with the disciples around him where he was really at. And I think a large part of 
emotional discovery is being honest with God, but also being honest with people. And I think they go together. Like I think when we're, like the scripture says, it, it's when we're really honest with God and honest with people, that's when we're able to see God's will for us. Right. Great. And then that last point, it says that, and going, again, going using Hebrews 5 as our blueprint, it says that he became the source of salvation, right? So our last point is emotional honesty leads to purpose. Hebrews 12, starting in verse 2 in the NIV. It says, therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us draw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. And let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning at shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinners so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. Right? What a great scripture it says when we fix our eyes on Jesus, he's the example of emotional honesty. What did it do? Well, it says he was able to see past the pain, see past the challenges, the struggle for the joy set before him. And he's the example of what we're supposed to have so that we don't end up getting weary or losing heart. What is that? That's emotional strength. So when we're emotionally honest with God and submit our emotions to God, we see beyond that struggle. We see beyond the challenge. Whatever you're going through right now, whatever struggle or challenge, it may be in marriage, it may be in parenting, it may be with character, it may be with your job, it may be in a relationship and dating. I don't know what it is, but we all have something that we're going through. But when we have that emotional honesty with God, we follow Hebrews 5, we're going to be able to see beyond what our obstacle is and see purpose behind that. I think that's a really good point in terms of being able to find purpose through everything we go through, even how Jesus did that and that um, that's God's solution for us to not grow weary and lose heart in the midst of stuff. And it makes me think about like sisters like Martha Gardner, who has been able to find purpose as she's been dealing with Parkinson's and helping uh, Lindsay to become a Christian last year, which has been super inspiring. Um, I think about just um, a really challenging time in our lives when both our moms had cancer. And I know for me, I had to deal with um, just a lot of pain and disappointment during that time in that, you know, Mm -hmm. she was only 60 and young and my own anger and unbelief and really having to wrestle in prayer. Um, to the point where I could see God's will that that was his way of helping her to become a Christian and even for her to be able to study the Bible um, in Chinese with other disciples from around the whole church and get baptized before she passed away like that was that was a really amazing time in her life where I really was able to see like how that emotional honesty really really leads to purpose and I think that we all have people like that in our life that God wants us to be able to help that if we have emotional honesty and we take that pain and the challenges to God, we can find faith and see God's perspective and help our friends to know God as well too. That's right. So there you have it. The God perspective, finding faith through emotional discovery. When you, using Hebrews 5, when you look at that vulnerability of emotional honesty, that's going to lead to clarity. Then that's going to lead to humility. And then emotional honesty is going to help us to to point us and help us discover purpose in someone else's lie that we're supposed to impact and be able to help in that way. Uh, So for more help and practicals, man, head on over to Deep Spirituality. 
there are a ton of great resources and material there about prayer, about growing in your prayer, about overcoming darkness in prayer, about regaining your faith in prayer. Incredible, incredible content there uh, that you can use. Another thing I know for me, um, I'm not always the most emotionally attuned and expressive person. And sometimes I just need things like a scripture to pray through. I know recently in the past couple of weeks, Psalm 139, Psalm 32, or different scriptures, Psalm 51 also, that I've used to pray through. And sometimes when I'm not emotionally aware, but I can go to the scriptures and I can follow the psalmist and the psalmist can lead me to having emotional depth and expression tells me to have a lot of clarity. So that's one of the tips that I've been working on right right now recently this week that's been really helpful to me. But anyways, there you have it. Great to have you guys together with us. Um, we're excited to be together. Let's say a prayer for a communion. Join me in a word of prayer. God, we're grateful to be able to come before you in prayer. Thank you for the Bible. Thank you for Jesus' example of emotional honesty. And I pray that, Father, we can follow his path of emotional honesty, develop the clarity, the internal strength and humility, and purpose from being emotionally honest with you and then also our friends. Thank you not only for example, but the incredible sacrifice that Jesus made on the cross. Thank you for your willingness that you can save us completely and that you can fully meet our needs. We're so grateful for all that you do for our lives. We love you and pray for this. In the name of your son, Jesus Christ, amen. All right, so now I'm going to say a prayer for our communion. And if you want, I mean, sorry, contribution, guys. We just prayed for the communion. Now we're going to pray for contribution. Uh, If you want, uh, you can head over to uh, bacc.cc forward slash give. And it can give you all the ways that you can contribute. You can listen to the jingle yourselves there. But let me say a quick prayer and we'll be on with our day. Let's pray. Uh, Father God, we're grateful for you to be able to uh, get the kind of fellowship we have today. And I pray that, Father, um, help us to appreciate the family, the kingdom, the support that we have. And uh, we pray that, Father, what we give now, you use to multiply, you use to bless, to build your kingdom and go to uh, making a difference and helping to change lives uh, through what we do. We love you. We pray that you bless what we give now. We pray for this in the name of your son, Jesus Christ. Amen. Have you ever told yourself that you really need to change something important in your life only to give up in frustration after a week or two of seeing no progress? A study published in the European Journal of Social Psychology found that on average, it takes more than two months before a new behavior becomes automatic, 66 days to be exact. So if you ever felt discouraged after an unsuccessful attempt to make a transformation, just know you're not alone. You may just need help keeping at it a little longer. With this in mind, we're excited to launch a new weekly email series called The Change Plan. Each week, we'll provide you with a Bible study tailored to what you're working on changing personally. You'll get tips and resources to help you stay on track to make your change last. Sign up now at deepspirituality.com slash change. That's deepspirituality.com slash change.